Hello, and welcome uh, to a very special guest to the Theme Red podcast, um, representing uh, the great city of Toronto by way of Calgary. Uh, we have Kevin Gormley, uh, our in-house Leafs fan. Kevin, it's very nice to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. Joe, is this your first... And, uh, Sorry, I'm... go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, is this your first set of girls on the podcast? You know what? I didn't want to open with that because to open with that would to give validity to the fact that we haven't had any ladies on, <laughs> but it hasn't been for a lack of trying. Uh, as you can both attest, uh, I've been trying to get both of you on for a little while now. So Yeah, I was um, going to say, I, I might have turned down a couple <laughs> offers. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I'm glad that uh, Kevin could drag you in here kicking and screaming but you know representation is important to us here in the seeing red podcast um that voice you heard is representing the calgary flame side um former calgary flame herself i don't know if we can disclose that uh danielle zimmy what's going on it's gonna come out anyways <laughs> hey it's it's going well um yeah i'll try not to burn any bridges today wow still okay. make things fun <laughs> That's a that's a tease right there. You know what? You guys are pros. It sounds like you guys have been on radio for a while, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we probably should have checked in like pre-production whether you would have been comfortable disclosing any of that kind of stuff, but I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, kind of what direction you take that in. I hope our listeners are as well. Um, I obviously go way back with you two, um, but why don't you guys kind of introduce yourselves to the class, starting with uh, our visitor, Kevin. Um, and just say a little bit about yourself um, and how you got started cheering for the Leafs, because that's a, that's a curious one. Okay. Um, well, yeah, thanks for having us, Joe. Uh, excited to be on the infamous Seeing Red pod. I'm a longtime listener, and I <laughs> oh, guess great. would you consider me <laughs> would you consider me a longtime friend? I would, I would consider you a longtime friend, back to like high school and okay. even, you know, probably around then. It's a long time. Yeah. We're getting old. I was trying... I was trying to figure out when we met. It was high school, but like somehow 10, 12 years later, we're still here somehow yeah. on your podcast. So um, I was going to say, I think we bonded over sports and that's why we've kind of stayed connected through the years. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we actually bonded over your secret love for the leaps. Yeah, that's a, that's a little, you know, that's a little inside baseball. That's a, that's for the Patreon subscribers to know, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I actually, I did want to out you, but no, that's totally fine. Uh, in fact, that's probably good. That's some vulnerability. You know, that's what, uh, all the self-help books say that you got to be doing. So I did, I did start off as a Leafs fan. I was actually born in Toronto. So, you know, the first team I really kind of cheered for was the Leafs. And, uh, I probably maintained like a dual fandom. Uh, until I was probably in high school, which actually kind of checks out with uh, kind of what you're saying. And then, you know, event, it's kind of hard to, at least for me, like I'm a pretty passionate, tuned in guy. I think I'm kind of, you know, uh, I consume more than the average person. And to do that for two teams kind of became a little labor intensive. And so I've full time become Flames guy, but I do okay. still kind of, you know, follow along with the Leafs. Gotcha. Um your question was, how did I become a Leafs fan? A little bit of background on me. Um, happy to say, like, yeah, long-time listener of the pod. Really happy to be on it. I would say my biggest passion in life, similar to you, similar to Zimmy, kind of probably while we're, while we're on, while, why we're all on here is, is sports. 
Um, weirdly enough, I, I grew up in Calgary, but for some reason I am a Leafs fan, which is people find pretty weird. Um, but since I was a little girl, my grandma was actually the one who got me into hockey and the Leafs. So she, um, every Saturday night would babysit us when my parents would go out and I would watch hockey night in Canada with her and somehow was indoctrinated into Leafs culture from being a very little kid. And my dad is from Ontario originally. So he was a converted Flames fan when he moved to Calgary kind of in his twenties, but still has a bit of Leafs blood in him. So that's kind of how I became a Leafs fan. It's not easy. Not a lot of happiness uh, <laughs> since I was born. Uh, I think Flames fans can relate a bit. Definitely. But a little bit about myself. Um, bringing Zimmy in, into it too. We're longtime friends. Um, we both have studied sports management actually um, as kind of our, our master's degree uh, and kind of moved us both out east. Uh, in New Brunswick, which is kind of weird, not not really a place you'd consider studying sports, but we both had headed out there, and um, I eventually made my way out to Toronto uh, for work in sports. So spent a few years selling uh, pro tennis, so worked for Tennis Canada for quite a while. Um, subtle shout out to your pod to watch some tennis, I would say. <laughs> I've been a longtime hockey fan, but ever since working there, um, I think tennis is actually one of the most engaging and captivating sports to watch live. So Pretty little cool. shout out there. And then I work in sports technology now out of Toronto, um, big Leafs fan and, and excited to be here to kind of chat a bit more about, about the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow. No pressure. <laughs> that was, uh, that was probably about as good an intro as we've had on here. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for sharing. Um, I can't wait to unpack New Brunswick a little bit with you both because I think, uh, you know, to talk about your time in New Brunswick and the program in general is definitely something that's not, you know, a one to one fit with the Flames Pod. But uh, I would love for you guys to share that. But only after Zimmy does her best to kind of uh, follow up Kevin's intro there. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a quick one compared to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean. I met you through Kev. I follow Kev anywhere. <laughs> followed her in her undergrad. Followed her in her master's out east. Um, but I have not followed her fandom of the Leafs. I smart kinda, lady. Kind, I know, I know. But eh, some disagree. Equal misery, maybe. Um, at least in our lifetime. But yeah, similar to Kev. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that my dad got me into the Flames because my dad is not actually a hockey fan, but my dad did have season tickets since I was a wee girl. So, and me and Kev actually happened to have, our dads had season tickets in the same section of the Saddle Dome for like, yeah. wow. I don't know. Like what a had, like, dig. Yeah, we had our Even tickets. Even before we were friends. Yeah. Um, so Are your yeah. dad's buddies now? No. I don't think no. I don't even think they've met. <laughs> no, and, they, they have. and their <laughs> seats are in the same section. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's never been like a crossover episode where like you guys are <laughs> at the game coincidentally with your dads and then No? No, because we have some sad news too. I mean, did your does your dad still have his season tickets? No, he does not. I think they gave them up at a similar time too. Yeah. Yo, yeah. smart family. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. As a as a season ticket holder myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, they got out right before the new arena, though. I don't know if that's mm. a good move or not. I guess we'll see. The prices are sure to go up. But, yeah, so I've been going to games since I was, like, seven, I think. Um, 
So that's kind of how I started becoming a fan. Um, so I was going to games in 04. And so that's why I became a crazy fan, uh, which I think a lot of people would say. Um, I feel like I'm definitely not the fan that I was back then. I'd say like mm -hmm. all through like my school years, I was an obsessive fan, like rewatching the highlights every morning, watching all the interviews, um, like live tweeting the games, like tweeting at people. Uh, <laughs> me and Kev were going to like every game. Um, yeah hovering outside the Flames VIP areas at Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would say Danny, like, actually made me a Flames fan. Yeah, that's like, wow. true. I do have influence in the, in the space. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm a bit more of a level-headed fan now. Um, I wouldn't even say I watch every game, but I weirdly listen to, like, Flames Radio and Flames Podcasts, like, seeing Red pretty much every day um I just I think honestly I've just found the teams a bit boring the last couple of years maybe um so yeah I'm still a fan still follow the team but you know there's been some ups and downs over the last two decades or so so yeah to say the uh, least yeah <laughs> yeah no doubt. No doubt. Okay. Uh, I teased it um, shortly after Kevin's intro, but uh, let's talk about like uh, New Brunswick. What was that like? Um, you guys obviously took like a sports centric post-secondary <laughs> program. Uh, so yeah, yeah, just give me the high level, the kind of spark notes of it all. Uh, I just can the experience, start not necessarily like the school yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can but, fill yeah. in maybe. I, well, we interestingly both took the same career path throughout various different career paths so like i said i, I just up follow her follow her <laughs> no, around I don't, I don't... <laughs> um, we both were geophysicists prior to entering our sports management degrees um good old calgary girls in the oil and gas sector yeah it's a very common trajectory um, i think a to b like <laughs> geophysics yeah. in calgary to unt yeah. sports management <laughs> <laughs> um I when I moved out to New Brunswick I was working in oil and gas and I was like I can't do this anymore don't love it um need to find some passion inside my work life and I was like oh I guess you can actually work in sports I didn't even consider that going into university and then at the time um New Brunswick was the only program that had an MBA that you could coincide with kind of like a sports management um focus and so I wanted to make sure I covered my bases and got like an MBA, but also was able to potentially work in sports. So that drew me to New Brunswick. And then I made, uh, I sold it to Danielle and dragged her, her ass out to uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick as well. Um, and you'll, you'll find out that there's not much to, to do in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Damn. But drink, uh, drink some beer and watch Flames games at maybe midnight. Yeah. Because <laughs> of the time change. That's uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and find our is... find our long term boyfriends as well. So, like I said, wow, really? I do everything that Kevin does. <laughs> yeah, sure uh, I introduced Zimmy and and her her current partner Thomas, a a past pod participant. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> For everyone wow. that listened to that one, <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Love it. Um, 
Okay, cool. So let's get into the nitty gritty. Cause, uh, you know, as fun as it is to kind of, you know, talk about how far we go back and what we've been doing since, uh, people are here to talk flames. Um, and the reason we brought in Kevin is because this is kind of a pivotal week for the flames. Um, we're kind of heading into the business end of the season as we draw closer to the all-star break. Coincidentally, being held in the center of the universe in Kevin's backyard in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, but with all that said, the flames are kind of heating up at the right time. They just had a really solid seven game, seven city stretch where they walked away with 10 of 14 points. Um, and now this week they get to play another proverbial four pointer against the coyotes, which is happening right now. It's a little bit of a snooze fest. Um, you two gals grew up going to the dome, so I don't have to tell you the January Tuesday game against the Yotes is always a snoozer. <laughs> you can't get rid of that ticket. Uh, you can't pay people to go to that game. Uh, and <laughs> it's for good reason, because they're all typically like the one we're watching tonight. Um, but then they follow that up with a big game, kind of a, a pseudo rivalry game against the Leafs. And then we wrap that all up with Hockey Night in Canada, um, huddle around the TV, Connor McDavid's in town. Uh, and we get to play the seemingly unbeatable, unstoppable juggernaut, if you ask the mass media, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, so <laughs> I wanted to kind of first, uh, Zimmy, I'll throw this one to you first. Um, the fucking flames, huh? What a year. Very mercurial, very up and down. Uh, how have you kind of absorbed the season? What are your overarching thoughts? And um, moving even forward after that, uh, there seems to be a growing like polarity among the fan base where you're either like team tank or like team try to make the playoffs. And I was kind of wondering where you kind of sit on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, as far as the season goes, I had extremely low expectations for this season. I feel like people were surprisingly optimistic going into October. I think just like getting rid of Sutter, getting a new coach, getting switching to living for Conroy. I feel like people were very optimistic when not much about the actual roster had changed. Um, people thought we kind of just got unlucky last year, but I personally didn't really see it that way. Um, I felt like we just kind of got rid of Toffoli um, for a guy that I had never heard of. Um, and he turns out to be great, but <laughs> I was one of the many that thought that was a horrible trade. Um, and I love Craig Conroy, but I was like, how did we possibly only get a third round pick and this guy? Um, so I had really low expectations. So in that sense, the season has been good. Like it's at least been entertaining. I've gone to some good games at the Saladome. Um, I feel like as far as team tank versus team playoffs in my mind like logically we should tank I think or at least attempt to tank or maybe do something even along the lines of what Nashville did last year where yeah like you have a really good goalie um, who's playing hot um, but you can still trade all of your expiring contracts and like pending UFAs and you can still try to make the playoffs that way and like get your young guys like a lot of a lot more playing time um so that's like kind of what I think we should do is kind of go that route I do not want us to re-sign Hannafin and 
Mm. I mean, I don't think Lindholm is going to resign. I feel no. like he has never wanted to be here. Um, I think we should trade Markstrom also. Like, I know that's kind of been a topic the last couple of weeks. I believe. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anywhere but Edmonton, honestly. Um, but yeah, like I don't see as soon as he started playing good, like a few games into the season, I was like, just get rid of him now because I really didn't see him bouncing back like he did after last year. Mm-hmm. And that would just that year just scared me. Me too. And we never have good luck with goalies. So as much as it pains me to like get rid of a goalie that's finally good, I'm like, just do it and give Dustin Wolf some playing time. So yeah, if that answers your question, I I don't know. In my heart, like I'm a Flames fan, I'm always going to want us to make the playoffs. Um, so yeah, you, you want just, them to win. Yeah. In a I vacuum, you want them to win. I can't watch a season and not be rooting for them to win. Like people who say otherwise, I don't really think are real fans. Yeah, so. you question their loyalty a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't think I could ever really cheer for a tank. But if we just traded away enough players and inevitably tank, then I think that's maybe the way to go. Totally. Well, you know what? That does answer my question. And I, I kind of threw a lot at you there. So I think that was a nice <laughs> thorough answer. Um, so if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, on the team tank versus team playoffs kind of spectrum, you kind of exist in the middle where you're like, we can offload some guys, retool on the fly, kind of have our cake and eat it too, where, you know, you offset, you, you move some stuff out the door that probably doesn't fit your long-term plan. Um, and you get some new guys in, some some fresh blood, and you can still kind of attempt to make the playoffs uh, while doing all that. And if you lose organically, that's kind of cool because that's good for our draft selection. But mm-hmm. if you make the playoffs, that's great. Yeah, like I yeah. think like just getting younger. Like I don't like I think we've a lot of people have talked about just getting younger instead of a full teardown. Like. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of like lucking out with the contracts that are kind of expiring. Like it allows us to just naturally get younger. So I don't see why we would hold on to any of those personally, but whoever knows, especially if we have a good next couple of weeks, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think they're going to struggle to get permission. Maybe Connor Man, they just rip off six straight. Yeah. Like they, they sweep this homestand. Yeah. I know this like I know this movie and like, we're not only going to hold on to the expiring free agents. We might be buyers. We're going to go for someone. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Sean Monaghan. I I saw people say, go for Monaghan. (laughs) Montreal's letting go of him. And I'm like, Oh my God, we get rid of a first round or yeah. First round draft pick just to get him back. (laughs) Totally. Imagine sending a first round pick out the door with Sean Monaghan and then sending another one to get him back for a second tour of duty. That is the most Calgary Flames front office move maybe ever. Uh, okay, great. Um, so we did what's up with the Flames. Let's throw it to you, Kev. Uh, love to know how you're kind of uh, enjoying the Leaf season right now. I know the sky's always falling in Toronto. That's uh, one thing that I do remember quite vividly from my Leafs fandom. And uh, it's impossible to ignore because every piece of hockey media in the world finds a way to be like, how can we make this about the Leafs? Um, But they're kind of in their own uh, playoff race. Obviously, Detroit is kind of heating up a little bit. The Lightning are are not the juggernaut they have been in previous years, but you can never really count them out. Um, And that division's getting tight. And the Leafs, from kind of my vantage point, are still 
uh, you know, a flawed roster like anyone is. Um, you know, there's questions at goal. There's questions on the back end. Um, there's questions on, you know, what you're getting from your depth forward. So that's kind of how I've been interpreting it. Uh, curious to kind of get your thoughts. Yeah, I was just looking um, at the score right now. They're playing the Oilers as we we film this. 2 mm-hmm. nothing Leafs. So good start on the road. Love uh, goal by Matthews, goal by Riley. Our, our big guys are, are showing up. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to be pretty honest with you. I actually, so like Danielle said, she used to be a diehard Flames fan, watched every game, has kind of peaked or dwindled down a bit. Uh, I'm the same. So used to watch literally every Leafs game, would come home from school, come home from university, make sure I was following the highlights, listening to Leafs radio. This year, I would say I've kind of tapered off a bit. And I don't know if it's because of their performance in the playoffs last season where we went from the highest of highs and they made it through the first round. And I don't think I felt that type of happiness since That's so sad. I was a little kid. <laughs> I know. I, I literally was at a bar in Toronto and like it happened and I like almost cried. Yeah. <laughs> and I was doing a conga line with people and I was like, this isn't real life. But um, then they go on to obviously play the Panthers and absolutely turn into the old Leafs. So yeah. I've kind of fell a little bit off the wagon this year. Haven't had a ton of time to watch and kind of assess each game. Um, I actually was living in Vancouver this past fall for work from September to December. And it's hard to watch games there. They start at 4 p.m. I'm like still working. But interestingly got to see the resurgence of the Canucks, which no one expected and kind of see that city turn alive. Um, But anyways, yeah, I just wanted to give you kind of a brief overview that I haven't fully watched, but now that I'm back in Toronto, tuning back in. And if I could like assess the season and what I've kind of looked at in the past few weeks, I give them kind of where they're at, maybe a, a C, which I think is a little bit of a tough grade. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's because for so long, the past four years, they, they've supposed, they're supposed to be a Stanley Cup contender. Right. And they've grossly underperformed in mm-hmm. every single season. Um, I guess it was, it was a busy off season. The Leafs always have drama. They're always. the center of the universe. Dubas leaves. He yep. stays. Yeah. We get the, the big guy, Brad, in here. <laughs> yep. Former flame. It's the tree living bowl. I love him. I do really like him. I'm a big uh, Boston pizza gal too. So like his dad as well. Um, I thought the signings of Domi and Bertuzzi were going to be really great. Like amp up the grittiness of the team. We were supposed mm-hmm. to have a pretty good goalie tandem with Samsonov wall. Samsonov played really good in his first season with the Leafs. Um, and then wool kind of coming up from the Marlies. He seems like a really nice guy, like stand up guy that, that was playing really well. And obviously there's been some injuries. Samsonov hasn't, really performed kind of sent down to the AHL coming back up didn't have the greatest performance this past week um so I I give them a C because I think they're supposed to be a Stanley Cup contender they're not they're kind of middle of the pack right now people are even saying here like maybe they won't make playoffs I think that's a little bit harsh um but I think we're going to make playoffs we we can score we've got the top goal scorer in the league i'm a big uh big Matthews fan maybe the top goal um, scorer in history that dude's a bucket he's gonna he's gonna get 70 he he is gonna get 70 
I I, I totally agree. Fact, funny enough, I probably sent it to the group chat like last week. Looking at it, he had like thirty three goals in thirty eight games. I'm like, this dude is gonna score seventy fucking goals. Yeah, and then Willie Styles. Uh, oh man, I the signing this past. Yeah, what do you think of the signing? I haven't. I was going to ask time, you about but... that. I was going to ask you about that because I um so. To kind of bring it full circle, Zimmy, I agree with you that you should not extend Chris Tanev or Elias Lindholm, but I do have a lot of time for Noah Hannafin, mm-hmm. um, especially because I think he's been playing pretty good this year in a contract year. Now, you can kind of um, you can look at that one of two ways. I look at it as like he's 26 years old. He's having the best year of his career, as most guys who are 26, 27 are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also look at it from like the super cynical way of like this dude is looking at a payday He's trying extra super hard so he can get paid and then just coast for the rest of his life. I am not a pessimist. I'm an optometrist, so I tend to view it uh, the former as opposed to the latter. But I think you should sign Noah Hannafin. And a lot of the pushback on that is uh, seven and a half by seven years or, you know, seven and a half by eight years. All of a sudden, he's making Devon Taves money. Um you know, that's that's a little rich for my blood, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of think that's the cost of doing business. And if you have like a young, a youngish player that's entering their prime and they want to be here and they want to be here long term, like what's the fucking holdup? You know? Uh sign him. Because also with the cap going up in the in the following years, that contract is going to just look better and better, I think. And so to kind of bring it to your question, Kevin, I actually like the Nylander deal. Is it a little is it a little expensive? Yeah, but I would also argue that William Nylander is like your second best player right now. Um and also, you know, you, yeah. you gave the Leafs a C. Uh I would yeah, actually say I that's did. being generous because again, I bet you everyone in Toronto is trying to give them F's and G's and maybe Z's yeah. if they could, you know, because that's just <laughs> kind of the nature of it. So there's the Toronto tax. Like William Nylander can't go like fucking buy oranges at the grocery store without getting bothered by somebody in Toronto, right? So, uh, yeah, you're going to have to pony up. But, hello, you're missing the headline. William Nylander is a Toronto Maple Leaf for the foreseeable future, right? Anyway, that's yeah, kind of I think... I absorb it all. I just kind of... That's the... Sorry, just to jump in. I just always feel like... I mean, I don't follow the Leafs, all of their, like, signings and cap hits, but I, I feel like they're always just signing these huge max deals, like, similar to what the Oilers do with mm-hmm. all of their top forwards. And, like, is that why their goaltenders are always, like, complete no-names? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's completely, like, they put all their money into the front end, which, I mean, I guess maybe We've gotta... <laughs> goaltending isn't what it used to be, maybe. Like, you can have these players just come up out of nowhere and, mm-hmm. like, win a, win a pl- playoff series or a few. But, I don't know. It's just, I'm like, how do they have the money to sign him to that? <laughs> I know. Well, it confuses I, me too. You answer your. I, I kind of think you're answering your own question there. Like, I do think <laughs> it like comes at the expense of your back end and of your goaltending and your depth forwards. Like, the Leafs are a true stars and scrubs team. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you have Austin Matthews in all caps, and then who's the fucking guy you're talking about? Bobby McMahon. Like, I would have thought that was a yeah. fucking Scottish golfer if you didn't tell me that he played for the Leafs. He's from the he's from the Marlies. They call him up every now and again, but I think he's been on. He's been called up for quite a while here now on the fourth line. But it's, yeah, they, they tend to like bring guys up and down um, from the HL. I mean, their defense, like if you go look at it, I, I 
Gio's on the the third pairing, former Flame. Ben yeah. Waugh's supposed to be our stay at home guy. Yeah, I, he's like the big I, tough guy. I didn't guy. know who he was until this season. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess yeah. he played for the Ducks, and he, I don't know. But supposedly he's doing really well. Um, but yeah, I I think how the media is being really tough on Toronto this year because I find in the past four years that I've watched, they're always like, nope, they're a cup contender. They're going to do it. Like they're getting through the first round, but maybe like, and maybe I'm a little superstitious, but them having some skepticism and the right mix of it might be just what they need to like have some major doubters. Um, And now that Willie Matthews and Marner have gotten past the first round and they actually know what that feels like. Maybe it'll be a little bit less intimidating if, when they do make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Big one. So, right. Uh, let me ask you this, Kevin. <laughs> just straight up, are the Leafs a goalie away? You know, because you you brought up earlier, like, yo, trade Markstrom to the Leafs, and I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued. You know, like there's some interest there. Obviously, there's a history with like Brad gave Jake this six million dollars, right? Um, so he obviously is fond of the player, at least to some degree. Um, but I think it would take probably a relatively significant, uh, you know, asset to kind of come back just because of the aforementioned salary constraints that the Leafs have, right? Um, so whether it's like you give give the Flames back like Brody and like a pick to take his big contract, or whether it's like you give them something of actual value and then the Flames have to retain salary and you have to give you know. Uh, another pick to maybe get them to eat that salary for a couple years. I think if you're the Leafs, you only kind of make that move if you think you're close. You know, if you think you're a goalie away, if you think you're a Chris Tanev away, maybe you're an Elias Lindholm away. Um, so, you know, I I don't want to really fucking put you on the hot seat here because you said that, you know, you haven't <laughs> been following as closely as you have in years past. That's okay. Life gets in the way, whatever. But again, from your vantage point, uh, do you think the Leafs yeah. are close? And would a goalie or a defenseman put them over the top? Yeah, I think Danny made a kind of an interesting point. Like the Leafs are very star heavy on the the forward offense part of the team. Um, you've not, I've never really heard of their goalies, but I think you're starting to see with a lot of Stanley Cup contenders and those that are winning, it's like the tandem goalie mm-hmm. that, and that's why they're getting there. Um, you're not seeing like teams having that that starter that's playing 70 games a year so I think they need a good tandem I think wool is a guy to be in that tandem Mm -hmm. and it's figuring out who can take some of that workload from him and I don't think it's Samsonov Martin Jones has been playing okay based on kind of some of the the highlights and stuff I've watched but I don't think he's the guy to to help wool so I think they could be a goalie away but I don't think trading a ton of assets for that. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, Brody's contract, I think expires at the end of the the year this year or the next. So maybe that is a potential kind of trade bait with, I don't know if they're going to go for it. And they think that that is kind of the next step that I don't know, potentially they, they should do a first round and maybe Brody somewhere, but yeah, I think they they do need a goalie. It's okay. looking sketchy right now. So yeah, I, I and I agree with you. Like the new the new new, it's kind of like uh, and I don't know how much football you gals watch. It's probably pretty minimal. Um, unless no, you do, we watch, yeah, I think we watch. 
Yeah. More than hockey right now. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's sweet. Okay, so this right will now. be great. But it's uh, <laughs> it's the running back conundrum. You can't pay a running back anymore. They're too volatile. They're too fragile. They get to thirty fucking tiny car accidents a day, mm. right? Uh, and so that's kind of I think that's kind of been the reason why you don't see the big number one seven million dollars a year. You know, the Jake Markstrom, the Carey Price, the Connor Hellebuck deal anymore for goalies is because game to game like you don't fucking know what this guy who gets paid to have projectiles shot at his fucking body what he's thinking <laughs> if he's gonna bring it if he's in a good enough headspace to do that job um so yeah like the the days of like you need to go find a number one goalie if you have two goalies you have no goalies i don't think that exists anymore right it's like you kind of have to have two like look at the knights they had like logan thompson and aiden hill and laurent Brassois, and they're just like fuck it man whoever's got it going you're starting and they want a cup, right? So, yeah, yeah I'd agree. Yeah, that actually um, is true. Like, Vegas won the last cup, and they're kind of built similarly to the Leafs, surprisingly. Totally. <laughs> um, actually, I think they have a little bit more toughness, though. Uh, that's <laughs> oh, what the Leafs are missing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like Stone, like March or so, those guys, like, they go into corners, they grind, they, they're, they are high-intensity guys. And I find sometimes not to to bash my top guys they in the playoffs yeah a little bit yeah really frustrating to be honest (laughs) i i it's funny because i have that on the itinerary i'm like (laughs) straight up are the leafs kind of soft uh i know that's like a long time narrative uh and you kind of answered it for me so that's great um yeah the knights are fucking tough and they are kind of built a lot like the Leafs, where uh, Saravalli actually talked about it today, because I don't know if you guys know, but the Knights are super fucking hurt right now. Mm-hmm. They're like, which again, classic really? Knights. Oh my God, we're so hurt. Oh my God, everyone's magically healthy for the playoffs. All of a sudden, we're a $120 yeah. million dollar team. Ah. <laughs> um, but everybody's fucking hurt. And he's like, you really kind of get to see this when, when this happens, that like, the Knights are like literally like the best top four, the best top six, and then 12 other guys on like the minimum salary. And mm-hmm. if those stars are out of the lineup, like you're playing an AHL team. Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of the, the double-edged sword of it. I mean, the other side of it is you're the Flames where everybody makes $5 million. Nobody makes a ton of money except for one guy who's not even very good. He's finding his footing. I told myself I wasn't going to kick Jonathan Hubert on the nuts today because he's out sick and that felt like punching down, but uh, it came up organically. Um, can I just but say now that, can I ask a quick Oh, yeah, go sorry, ahead. I, I just want to throw something out about Huberto. I was listening yes. to 960 on my way home from work, and they were talking about him being sick. And they're like, mm, someone's going to have to fill that offensive void tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, excuse me? Yeah. <sighs> Man, but he's a he's point, a, point per game stuff. guy for eight games. So, yeah, yep, he's after been pointless for a, a month. Yes, a, a literal month. month. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. And you know <laughs> what? You know, what's even better? Our answer to fill that offensive void. We're like, hey, Dylan Dubé, remember how you haven't scored a point in twenty-two games? Hey, Dylan <laughs> Dubé, remember how you haven't scored a goal in twenty-six games? How would you like to play on the top line? That was our answer. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. I was actually wondering if he was even playing lately because I haven't heard a peep about him. But Well, the the 26 goal might have something to do with that. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So, anyway. uh, Okay, I wanted to quickly chat about um, the Dome because she is a dump. And 
some games are more fun to go to than others. One of the ones that I would very much say I love to go to is the Flames Leafs game. I don't know if you guys have been to any yourselves. I've been to a few. Uh, yeah, just the vibes are fucking fun. It's like the closest thing I've ever gotten to being an away fan because it's like literally 50-50. It might even be like 60-40 Leafs in there. Uh, and it, it's just a blast. And so, uh, you know, again, I wanted to just kind of ask you guys if you guys have ever been to a Flames-Leafs game, if you have like a Flames-Leafs memory or anything like that. Um, and then, Kev, I just wanted to ask if you've been to uh, Scotiabank Arena, formerly the ACC, whatever they're fucking calling it, and uh, how that differs <laughs> from going to a Flames game? Because I've heard it's kind of like a fashion show in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Danielle and I chatting about being to a Leafs game? Because I think we've both been to a lot at the Dome. I okay, actually, yeah. I have never been. I don't think I've been to a Leafs game at the Dome. And I mm-hmm. think that is because, like I kind of alluded to earlier, I just don't care about the Leafs. Like I'm very <laughs> indifferent to them. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like, like we split, we shared our season tickets, so we didn't get to go to every game. So I would rather go to like, or if I'm paying for it myself, even like I would rather go to two or three Canucks games or Oilers games for the same price yeah. as I would pay to go to a Leafs totally. game. And I would totally. say it's yeah. it's a better experience because it's also fifty percent fans of the other team um yeah, fair point shout out to calgary for being a little bit fair weather when it comes to <laughs> filling the dome um but yeah. i also actually care um even like habs games like i think i care more about going to a habs game than a leafs game just because the fans are like a bit more obnoxious like louder right. and the chanting Ooh. and all of that sorry i like i feel like that was offside I'm, i don't hate the habs but <laughs> Um, I don't like them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I've actually never been, um, but I know Kev goes for that ticket every year. So, Kev, yeah. what's your experience? So like, <laughs> like Jimmy said, my um, my dad also had season tickets until this year. Um, since I've moved to Toronto, he doesn't see a need to go to games because I was kind of the one that would go with him a lot of the time or take them and take Zimmy. Um, but yeah, so I've been to almost all of the Leafs games. So when my dad would divvy out the tickets with the three other guys that he had seasons with, they always let him pick first because they knew he had a daughter that loved the Leafs. Um, So generally he would always, they would, he would always get the Leafs game and I would go. I remember going as like a really little kid and it being traumatizing because (laughs) the Leafs would always lose and I would like cry and, and Flames fans would like boo me. And I was like, six or seven my dad would have to like get in arguments with like grown men because they were booing me and I was crying um so that's like my view of going to the dome and watching Leafs games as a little kid slowly as I got older they started to win a few of the games when they they got some some guys like Matthews and Marner so I I have better memories then I've always loved going like again like you said the 50 50 split I think it's really really fun um but to answer your question about going to games at Scotiabank Arena here in Toronto, I've been to seldom games here, uh, mostly because, like Danielle said, the price point is unaffordable. Um, so I would say, and you might like this answer, I prefer going to games at the Dome. Um, mm. I think maybe it's because I grew up in Calgary. There's some type of like nostalgia to it. Um, slowly became somewhat of a Flames fan. Um 
going to games with Danielle and some of the the guys and friends. So I think the atmosphere at the Dome, there's something about it that I haven't seen at other arenas. Like, And I've been to quite a few different games across the NHL, um, whether it's like the Dome beers. I think everyone, whether it's a Tuesday night, a Saturday night, people are like looking to have fun. Um, yeah, whereas totally. you don't see that as much at Leafs games, it's a little bit more corporate. Um, like you said, a bit of a fashion show. I will, one thing I will say is the Scotiabank Arena is nice and mm-hmm. it's newer. Um, I've once been in, in a suite to watch a Leafs game and that is fun. Um, mm-hmm. they, they know they get the VIP experience. They're celebs at games, but you right. guys recently had a celeb at a game. To, yeah, we to, did. Uh, Calgary's finest, man. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was big up on that because I'm a I love celebs and celebrity. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Bieber sometimes is at games. I've been to Raps games. Drake's always there. It, it's fun, and I think yeah. the Leafs do a really good job of in-game entertainment. Oh yeah, the game ops. Like yeah, like top-notch video board, top-notch like in-game experience presentation crew they like project stuff onto the ice and you play, you can play games on your phone as things are going on the ice. That like is they, so they fucking cool. Experience. Yeah. Um, so shout out to them on that. But yeah, I think the atmosphere at times can be a bit dampened. It's, it's hard to afford a ticket as like a really hardcore fan. So yeah. um, I think at Flames games, you're going to get those hardcore fans because they can get in the building and the atmosphere Absolutely. can really get riled up where yeah, sometimes you'll see half the the lower bowl empty at a, a Leafs game 15 minutes into a period. So, because everyone's out drinking on the concourse, the concourse. with their fellow businessmen. <laughs> um, man, that honestly does sound fucking sweet. But um, yeah, you're right. Like I do, I do still very much love the novelty of walk it, watching hockey and, you know, what is a hockey rink shaped like a fucking saddle? Um, that fucking rocks. So, Joe, that's cool. Are you, are you pro? new arena like do you want a new arena or fascinating, do you love fascinating the question yeah uh, i was gonna ask the same thing <laughs> so okay i'll try to keep it brief because we're getting a little long on time and i still want to ask you guys uh you mentioned bieber kev so i'd love to talk about uh his jerseys um <laughs> but uh so i'm a i'm a soccer guy too i think you guys might know that about me um and so i love that you know, the, the old football pitches, those old football grounds just get renovated every year. And then you get into a scenario where you might be like a seventh generation United guy. And like you're watching the game, the same place your dad watched the game, the same place his dad watched the game, right? There's like history in there. Um, so in a perfect world, I would have loved to see like the Saddle Dome like renovated, mm-hmm. you know, maybe piece by piece here and there, a few things you kind of tweak. And before you know it, it's like kind of a newish arena. Mm-hmm. I understand you kind of can't do that based on the engineering and architectural shortcomings of the building. So, uh, yeah, therein lies the need for a new arena. Now, do we need a new arena? Short answer is yes. Uh, Do we need to use public money for that? I'm not so sure. I think there's other things that would probably be better suited with our tax dollars, um, but they didn't ask me. Uh, so, um, maybe next time, uh, maybe seeing red get some traction and I can be in the, in the boardroom when they're coming up with a big decision like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm interested in new arena, uh, mm-hmm. but I wish we could have just kept the dome and just like made that work. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't really think about 
I mean, like you said, it's kind of not possible, but right. just throw throw some marble floors over the cement <laughs> stained <Yeah>. floors. And <laughs> Put a fucking new coat of paint on it. Room. Like, oh. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the locker room, yeah. the, the flames. I think it is. The players have had some comments about. Oh, dome. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fucking jarring, man. Like, I don't know if you guys have watched it, but the Flames just put out a video from like their dad's trip. And I'm like, why is even the mullet arena, the college hockey arena dressing room nicer than ours? Nicer. Yeah, yeah. it's scary. It it is. It's like fucking it's jarring. But again, I you know, I I love the fact that like it's not an easy road trip coming to Calgary, man. You go all it's fucking cold. You get off the bus, you get brought into this building that was built during the fucking Clinton administration. Like it's like it's like it's just it sucks. Your dressing room probably has a leak. You can't even shower after. And then you come out and all these guys got in for 20 bucks. So they've been drinking beer since five o'clock and they're ready to yell at you for 20 minutes. You know, like it's a hard place to play. That's cool. Um, but you know, waiting in line for the bathroom and missing a whole period of the process is like less cool. So, you know, I see both sides. They could do a bit of crowd control in the in the next building. It's baffling to me, man, because it looks like it's almost like civil engineering wasn't a discipline in the eighties. It's it's like oh. no one bothered to design it, you know. Um, so anyway, I know uh, it's interesting. The bathroom lines are like the best in press level. But yes. you're also like in the ceiling, like where the I've yes. seen like where the men's washroom is, where you go up the stairs, like into yeah. no man's land. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that bizarre? That that's like arguably <laughs> the best section in the house. You have a great view, private concession, private no, bathroom. Yeah, no lines anywhere. Yeah, you just have to also, risk having a nosebleed. <laughs> the nose, the nosebleeds are another thing like my my boyfriend Alex he doesn't really even watch sports and he talks about the nosebleeds he's like I've never seen that at any arena like that's so wild it's so high and I'm like if he thinks that that's crazy and he doesn't even watch sports I'm like <laughs> like at, at a certain point Danielle like who was a bit scared of heights we couldn't sit in the nosebleeds for some games yeah because it was just too high fun fact Dude, I didn't up there. I didn't sit in press level until I don't know I was probably like 23 yeah, I like refused to go up there. It was so scary. <laughs> it's a fucking trek, man. Uh, great vantage point to the game, though. Like you're right on top of them, which is pretty cool. I I actually don't even hate the press level except for like the walk. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, it's it's a okay with me. Um, okay, let's uh, let's kind of touch really quickly on Bieber. Um, I have a lot of stuff I want to chat with you guys, but you know what? Maybe we'll just have to bring you on another time uh, to kind of finish this thing off. But really quickly, the Bieber jerseys. That's kind of been. Uh, a little polarizing uh, from what I've seen. I kind of like them. Uh, so just kind of curious what you guys think of them so far. I think me and Kev ah. are going to have opposite takes on different. these because we have very different <laughs> style. Interesting. Uh, the first time I saw them, I was like horrified. Like I thought they were the worst thing I've ever <laughs> seen. But then I kind of realized that that's fashion like lately Yeah, is like, the uglier something is like the less it makes sense the cooler it is so yeah, it's anti-design i have a feeling kev's gonna love them if she's seen them well <laughs> i've seen them yeah i've seen them I, the reason i love them is i i love being the center of the universe and having celebs love the toronto maple leafs and having justin bieber the biggest pop icon in, in canada 
design the NHL all-star jerseys when the NHL is generally a pretty boring yeah. league compared to the other big five. Like we don't get a lot of celeb. So I, I, I like how they kind of stand out a bit. They're um, showing a bit of personality. Um, they're flashy. They wanted a new perspective. They said they wanted a, a fresh perspective on the Jersey. And I think they got them. They're bright. They're fun. You've got Justin Bieber promoting them. So I think it's good for the NHL. Maybe get them a bit of a younger Gen Z audience um, mm-hmm. through the All-Star game, which they're trying to grow that presence as well yeah. um, as they grow as a league. So I, I don't mind them. Yeah, actually, awesome. based off the comments I saw, of, like res- people responding on Instagram and all the like, I don't know, like white men hating on them, essentially, I kind of figured that... <laughs> what they were going for was the younger demographic <laughs> so yes yeah i i feel uncool that i didn't like them initially and maybe i should change my tune <laughs> <laughs> there's always time right you're not you're not setting a stone on any of these opinions but uh yeah i, I think i echo everything you said kev i uh i like them because it is a rare instance in an otherwise like fucking you know stuck in 2000 bc league where they're trying to be progressive they're trying to do something like new and contemporary and appeal to a younger demographic uh you know a demographic that isn't as homogenous you know straight white guys and and etc uh and i also think that they could sneaky look really good as a set you know we've just seen the jerseys i think if like if they do the full like monochrome like you know, all blue, all red, all yellow, all white. I kind of think they would look really good on the ice. Uh, so I'm kind of waiting to see them actually like throw them on. But the jerseys themselves, the only thing that I think is fucking goofy is the font. The font might that might have gone a little too crazy with like the numbers. And, like, I think that's like his like Drew House font though. It's, oh, is it? Is okay. Brand. Yeah, so it's a Drew House like, and like you've mentioned about trying to bring in like Gen Z and, and be a little bit more contemporary. The Leafs do a really good job of that already. Mm-hmm. And you may not notice it cause you obviously don't live here, but like some of the, their merch releases, like some of the stuff they, they do in the community is very geared towards being a bit more inclusive. Um, kind of generating viewership from that younger audience, which I don't know if the flames do that to the same level. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I'm not living there currently, but yeah, like they, they really tap into to things like Drew House and, and trying to get fans kind of interested in, in the game through that. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, uh, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to plug anything, but Kevin, I know uh, we chatted about talking PWHL. And, you know, I just came over here being like, yo, inclusivity, yo, less homogeneity, et cetera, et cetera. But I have been a bad hockey fan. And I have not consumed a lot of PWHL stuff. I'm not up to speed at all. So if you want to take five to kind of give me the, you know, the state of the union, the PWHL, who's good, who isn't. Uh, and then also I'd yeah. love your perspective as a sports business woman uh, as to what they're doing right. Cause I've heard that it's actually gaining some pretty good traction so far. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's, it's a cool kind of subtopic to chat about here with kind of them launching their season uh, January 1st. So about 16 days into the season, I, I don't know how much your viewers will know um, about the professional women's hockey league and kind of the road to getting here, but it's been a bit of a tumultuous one in North America um, and not an easy one. And I think this is a pretty, uh, 
prevalent and pinnacle time for women's sports in general, but specifically for the launch of this league. So I think I'll start with just explaining where it kind of came from. Um, so similar to like basketball and women's soccer in the States, the PWHL comes after kind of various different versions of leagues kind of competing with each other. Um, at one mm. point there was the Canadian women's hockey league. So they actually had a team in Calgary for that. Yeah, then they were competing with. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they had another kind of competing league on the side of that called the premier hockey federation, formerly the national women's hockey league. Um, and what happened is when the CWHL folded, which was in 2019, um, there was a bunch of Olympians on the women's, uh, Canadian and American side that were like, I'm not going to go to the PHF, which is the premier hockey federation. We need like a singular viable professional league that's at the highest standard that we're not competing against each other. So they formed what was the PWHPA, which was essentially like a, a tour. You may have heard of it. They they would kind of rent out arenas and do a series of USA Canadian kind of exhibition games leading up to worlds and Olympics. Um, but what happened in August of this past year is the PWHL, which is actually funded by the Dodgers um, co-owner, Mark Walter, Walter, him and his wife kind of got an ownership group and they bought out the premier hockey federation. Um, so that disbanded and they basically dissolved that and brought in what they said was going to be one viable league. Um, across USA and Canada, which is the PWHL. Um, so it's six teams, uh, three in Canada, so Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, and then three in the US, uh, New York, Boston, and Minnesota. And they've got, um, I think each team has about 10 to 15 people kind of running the team, um, full-time employees. But one kind of unique facet to the league is um, the league owns all six teams, so there's not mm -hmm. individual owners. So there's a lot of um, ability to kind of drive initiatives forward really quickly. Um, mm -hmm. And kind of good guy Brian Burke is uh, going to be their their um, president of hockey operations. Sorry, no, uh, PWHL Players Association. So he's going to help run that. So he's helping kind of run the league. Um, they started up January first. Super positive start. So I am I'm a season ticket holder in Toronto. Every game in Toronto is sold out for uh, the first season. So they've got 24 games, 12 at home. Uh, they're playing at the former Maple Leaf Gardens. It's now called uh, the Madame Athletic Center. Um, Very cool. Teams are kind of playing in a variety of arenas. So we've got like Minnesota playing where the Wild are playing at the XL Energy Center. And they just uh, broke an attendance record last week. With no way. 13,000 fans. So that's the most they've ever had present at a women's professional hockey game. Um, wow. So I think you're seeing a lot of positive stuff. Um, time will tell, I guess, if, if it's sustainable, I think this is this presence of this league as one viable solution. It, it's seeming like it is. Um, and they, they have a strong financial backing too. So they've got like Billie Jean King as one of the, the advisors, um, obviously from the tennis side, she kind of was a, a big pioneer there with women equity in sports. And um, I think them having six teams where they're able to equally divide the talent is allowing for really high level hockey. So I've been to two of the games um, and I'm rambling a bit here, but some cool things that they allow in, in this league is hitting. It's actually very chippy. It's really physical. There's a lot of like after the play kind of, chippiness and pushing and, and some big hits that like I was I didn't know that that was a rule going into the the first game um 
so I, I think I think they're heading in the right direction, like with the sellouts already. Um, there's obviously an appetite for women's hockey, and I think if you can watch it, uh, they're they're streaming on YouTube, so you can actually watch every game for free at the moment. Oh hell yeah, yeah! I'll definitely have to check it out. Um, yeah, again, I've I've just I've been I've heard about it just from being in the hockey ecosystem, so to speak. Uh, and I've heard it's been, you know, a pretty positive start so far. And actually, you mentioned good guy Brian Burke. He, I listened to a radio hit he had uh, uh, maybe about a week ago on the topic as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of good stuff. And, you know, I'm glad, um, you know, the the women have a, a league of their own that, uh, you know, kind of has the attention and the funding and, you know, the organization that it deserves, quite frankly. Um, okay. Cool. Uh, Zimmy, any parting shots? Do you want to talk about the PWHL or anything like that? I don't know if you're following that or, but uh, the floor is yours. If you have any last comments. You're putting me on the spot because (laughs) I am an ally. (laughs) I'm an advocate for women's sports, but (laughs) oh, it's just, I think if we get some teams out West, I will be a bit more engaged. It's just tough with all six teams being out East. Um, But yeah, kind of, Kind of same as Kev. Um, yeah, just... Same as Kev. I don't know. Yeah, well same as Kev. Go go sports, <laughs> you guys, go women. Yeah, you got to be Toronto fans. The one time you can be Toronto fans. We're not doing yeah, too well. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, but <laughs> Kev got one of the original jerseys as well. So I was oh, going to really? ask you, Kev, what you think about like the why jersey? they launched without yeah, real so been getting teams a little bit of and jerseys. Crit- yeah, they've yeah. gotten criticism on that. Like maybe they should have waited a bit longer to have more of the logistics in in play, like team names, jerseys, appropriate venues. And I think they they I think they had to get it out. Like they had to start this league somehow. And there's going to be a lot of kinks that they have to work out. One is the jerseys. They've said in second season we're going to have real viable jerseys with. Um, team names but then I thought it was kind of cool I'm like oh this is just one this is the only season they're going to have this jersey so I'm going to buy it Um, Mm, maybe it'll be a vintage item in 40 years but they sold out so fast that I could only buy an extra large jersey like I couldn't get and it got delivered I don't have it here because I had to I gave it to a buddy because it's literally like a dress like I, I look insane I'll just send you a, a photo after, but, um but like people are buying the merch they're running out they can't they can't get merch fast enough for people so um that's what that's, it, that's a play where I think yeah women's sports and and the merch play like the w hoodie and mm-hmm. a lot of those stuff like I think there's an appetite for for fashion um on the women's side mm-hmm. awesome Love it. Okay, well, uh, that's kind of all the time we had. I, I know I told you guys 30 to 45. We went a little bit long, so uh, thanks for <laughs> sticking with me, uh, even through all the technical difficulties as well uh, that you know people won't be privy to. But um, thanks for coming on, and uh, yeah, stay cool, and hopefully we can chat again soon. Sweet. Thanks for having us. Yeah, bye